0: hello and welcome to the guna talk back again with you guys for another show for another episode of our raw reaction series and specifically the arsenal transfer show joining us on wednesday match day has yet arrived in which arsenal have an opportunity to win a game yeah remember that that's genuinely a result that can happen with arsenal playing it may not feel like it of late um, but a win is actually possible they play West Brom in the League Cup and will be hoping to progress to the third round of the League Cup. It's the first time they've actually actually compete in the second round of the League Cup for the best part of, what, 20-plus years? So uh, this is a first uh, in, <laughs> maybe even in my lifetime, uh, or conscious lifetime anyway. So uh, very interesting to see how Arsenal get on this evening and what kind of team plays, what kind of like, youth players, if Miguel Aziz is played. But of course, West Brom are a very capable championship side obviously were in the premiership last season i'm just going to check where they actually are in the table they've played 4-1-3 draw one they are yet to be beaten so far in the league they've uh so far beaten some some a look. they've beaten blackburn they've beaten sheffield united 4-0 which of course they went down with sheffield united last season they beat loot in the 3-2 and they drew 2-2 with bournemouth they will be looking at this as yet again an opportunity Uh, as any team are, that are facing Arsenal at the moment. So, uh, fingers crossed, anyway, that Arsenal can progress through to the next round of the League Cup. But it's not going to be easy. It is not going to be easy whatsoever. But we are here, of course, to go through the day's transfer news and events. So let's... Oh, you know that moment where you, I've done this a few times where you think you're going to sneeze, but it's fine. We, we've got over it. We've passed it. Let's go on to uh, have a look at what we need to tell you guys to do, which is, of course, vote for us in the uh, Football Content Awards, which will be going, or rather announced, at the start of October. But you've only got until the start of September to vote for us. So if you haven't voted already, please do vote. All the information is on the screen now. And, of course, more information is in the description. If you have Twitter, just simply go to www. Vote for tgt.com com so there you go. Let's uh, let's push on with the news and uh, I should say that tomorrow's show, you are aware, don't act like I haven't told you, tomorrow's show is at 7.30am, not 8.00, my shift starts at 8.00 tomorrow so we are moving the show to 7.30am so make sure that you do not turn up late tomorrow morning, it will be a 7.30am show so uh, just letting you know. And yesterday evening I was joined by Clive from the Arsenal Vision podcast, to have a chat about Arsenal's solutions, about how we solve some of the problems that we're facing rather than just moaning about the things that are going wrong. We tried to, you know, come up with some solutions to some of the issues that we face. So make sure you check that one out. But we start off today with Willian, who very much, uh, very much looks as if he is going to be going. Um, We've pretty much got it confirmed now that Corinthians will be the side that Willian leaves for. The problem is... And I kind of suspected that this was going to happen. Corinthians having the ability to spend 200 plus thousand plus per week on Willian's wages was never a realistic outcome. So because of that, it does appear that Arsenal will be paying at least a percentage. We are unsure at the current state of play what percentage that will be. But they are expected to pay a percentage of Willian's wages, despite him still not being at the club which is just, it's Ozil part two. And we need to really learn from these situations. Stop giving huge, huge contracts to players that aren't even getting into the squad week in, week out. It is ridiculous. And I think people sometimes find it hard to separate this type of thing with the the Trippier situation. For for starters, Trippier is only on 70k a week and would go straight into our first team without a shadow of a doubt. But With Willian, I always thought he was coming in to just push Pepe. So to pay him 10 million quid a year was just a ridiculous amount of money. And uh, we are now going to be paying for that even though he is not at the club. An awful, awful decision. Uh, which may lead to certain criticisms, which we'll talk about in a second. Uh, the other bit of news regarding out is that Lucas Torreira arrived in Florence yesterday. You may have seen some videos of him in Florence. He is set to join Fiorentina on a season-long loan where they will have an option to buy him for around €15 million. Euros. Arsenal is set to receive €1.5 million euros as a loan fee. Uh, but Torreira is set to join them this season for that amount of money. Um, and then they could decide to make it permanent. So we wish him the best of luck. We hope he has a really successful season because we want to see him go permanently, and we want to get that money. We want Fiorentina to pay it. So fingers crossed they do that. Now, there are a number of players that still could yet leave. The Athletic report that Alex Runnison, Ainsley Maitland-Niles, Hector Bellerin, and Eddie Nketiah are all looking at a departure from the club this season. Uh, Runnison had a move to Turkey uh, breakdown earlier in the window, but there has been no new links since. Ainsley Maitland-Niles has been, I mean, Burnley are the current favourites to sign him. Hector Bellerin, we know very much so, has wanted to leave, but his permanent departure doesn't actually look all that likely at the moment, which could damage Arsenal's opportunity to sign any kind of right back this window because they would need to move one on and eddie and ketty as we know very much linked with the move to crystal palace who are supposedly willing to pay around 10 million pounds arsenal want double that and what will happen is probably it'll end up being around 12 to 13 it'll probably close that down and they'll negotiate the fee down to a, a respectable price i think we should i'd take the 10 million now to be honest take it and run but arsenal are looking to get a little bit more and if edu does mess up In the last couple of weeks the window he is under increasing pressure the mirror has exclusively reported that edu is now very much under pressure at the club and that the club are so concerned about the situation they've even begun the process of drawing up plans to replace him and look at potential candidates. Now, the Mirror claims that Mark Overmars of Ajax, uh, Michael Emanello who's currently not employed by a club, but most recently employed by Monaco, and then previously before that, Chelsea, and Ralph Ranjic, who, of course, was heavily involved with RB Leipzig and their process of investing in youth and developing and selling on that process there at, at uh, Red Bull, or Rasenball Sport, we should call them. Um, so... These are the three that have been supposedly talented as possible uh, replacements, and these are the guys on the list. So I'd love to know in the comments of those three, who is it that you would prefer and why? Because we would love to know, because people, I think, instantly think Ralph Ranić is just like this genius of football. But I'm not sure if that model RB would work necessarily at Arsenal. Mark Overmars as well at a club like uh, Ajax who again have invested in youth have dominated the, the Dutch leagues for some time and then sold players on for big big fees and then you've got Michael vanello who's uh, was previously at Chelsea helped them to win the league was there with Antonio Conte as well so there's a link with him being there too as technical director went to Monaco and was there between 2017 and 2019 uh, when they still had a big you know uh, contingent of youth players and was I think he I think he was around when Luis Campos was also involved too. I might be wrong on that, but uh, very much heavily involved with that and uh, Monaco's league title win, uh, being involved in that as well. Let me just check when Monaco uh, did actually win the league. It kind of been too long ago. Sixteen seventeen. So I think he joined. He joined maybe the year after they they left. He joined in seventeen. So I'm not sure if it was the year after when Luis Campos decided to move on to Lille. But uh, he took that Monaco side on and helped them to get to that next stage, which was, of course, competing in the Champions League and obviously competing in situations where they've now built themselves up to a title challenger in Liga with players like Ben Yedder, etc. So, you know, he's done fairly well since going there. So maybe either one of those would interest you to take over the technical director position should do Leave the club. Now we look at possible ins. One player that will not be joining Arsenal is Thierry Small, who has joined Southampton from Everton. 17-year-old defender, was linked with a move to Arsenal previously. He wasn't getting minutes, uh, enough minutes for his liking at Everton. Lots of big clubs were tracking uh, Thierry Small. 17-year-old, highly rated defender, but he has now gone to Southampton and Arsenal were one of the credited teams with interest in him and our final story of the day is of course we cannot have a show before the end of the window without talking about Hussein Awar now get Fr- get french football news has broken the story yesterday that supposedly leon would be willing to allow awar to leave leon in a loan with an obligation to buy deal. And basically what that means is that you can shift the transfer fee to the following window and you don't have to pay necessarily a huge figure, just maybe a small loan fee during this window. So it's very, very intriguing that that this has obviously come about. It is also very interesting because how many times, and, and the reason why they're open to this, by the way, is because there are no clubs really pushing to sign our this window. Absolutely none. And so the problem with that is that how many of us have sat there in the past and said, oh, who else is interested in this player? Why did we sign Aubameyang? Why did we sign Lacazette? None of the, no other big teams are interested in that player at the time. And it is interesting how that theory has been abandoned when it comes to Awar. I, I do find it quite strange how that's all of a sudden been abandoned because it's Awar, who I'm, again, still not very much um, a big fan of. Uh, because of mainly the attitude issues, the inconsistency problems. I'm not sure it's the right move for Arsenal. If it was a bonus, say if we got all of the stuff that we needed to do and you said that is going to be coming in too, I'd be like, okay, you know, it's a, it's probably a risk that we can afford to take because we've covered lots of different areas of the pitch. But I still have a lot of reservations about Awar and his play and how he is and how he his attitude is and his consistency on the pitch. And I'd much rather go and pursue an Eve Basuma for a decent size fee that you get a lot more guarantees about the impact that he's going to have on the team than saying our I know they're different positions, but if you're going to bring in someone into midfield, I'd much rather we went down the, the Basuma route than the hour route. So, so there you go. And that, is all of the news for today. As I said, tomorrow's show is at 7.30 a.m., half an hour earlier than usual. So do make sure that you set your alarms for that and you don't turn up at 8 a.m. wondering why there's no show because you've missed it. It's at 7.30 a.m. tomorrow. So please make sure you do not miss it let's now go into the second half of the show which is of course getting your thoughts your feelings your questions in the chat box and we'll try and go through as many of them as feasibly possible uh Jondre says uh, hey tom love the work great uh thank you ever so much mate he says having seen Ars blog on the channel before it got me thinking what are your top three arsenal related podcasts would love to see Yankee Gunner, Elliot on here. Elliot's been on. We had Elliot on recently, actually, um, only a few weeks ago. I'm pretty sure he was only on a few weeks ago. Um, Obviously, we had Clive on yesterday. Uh, Ask Blogs come on. I mean, if you can look into Arsenal-related podcasts, you've got to go and check out, obviously, the big ones like Vision, like uh, the Arse Cast. Gunas versus Cancer, uh, aka the Gunas Pod, uh, is obviously one that you should go and check out. You should make sure you check out the Highbury Squads. Uh, I would have said same old Arsenal, of course, until Craig unfortunately finished with it. Um, but Lee Judges and and uh, and Dan are off doing their own thing on Lee Judges TV. So make sure you go and check out those guys too. And the boys over at the Arsenal Lounge, of course, who I've had the pleasure of joining uh, for a number of shows too. And I was unfortunately not able to join them on Monday, even though I was supposed to, because I decided to cut my finger open. So that was great. Um, But there you go. I hope that answers uh, your question. Let's go to uh, Innie. Thank you so much again for another donation. It says, uh, hey, Tom, I'm fully convinced Arteta will be here for a bit. He used the word project in his released interview yesterday, just gutted. I think the project is not separate from Arteta, but I think you have to think about the fact that it is very much um, it, a project or a process is the manager's part of it, but he's not crucial. I think because we've invested in so many young players, any coach could still come in and pick this up where we left. So so for me anyway, I just think that it's a case of he goes, new manager comes in, takes on this young squad, adds their own personality, own stamp, own players to it. And I think personally that's fine. Uh, it's absolutely no problem with with that happening. So, no, I wouldn't say that just because he's, he's called it a long project doesn't mean that he won't go. I am still very apprehensive about the idea of, or well, not the idea, but the prospect of him leaving because I, I'm not sure that's going to happen. I don't think the, the owners will push the button or cut the cord anytime soon. The, the report by The Telegraph, I think it was the report he has five games to save his job. I don't know how realistic that is, unfortunately. So we'll wait and see. But I don't think that he's going to be going anywhere this window, to be honest. Um, let's go to your gangsters, Tom, I agree to most of your points. But on our, maybe a risk worth taking as what we are missing today in midfield is a deep-lying playmaker. If we can't get anyone else, then maybe he makes sense. As I said, if it's a case of we've got all of our other targets and we're getting an hour, that's fine. I'm I'm fine with it. It's probably worth the risk. Uh Maham says, uh, hi Tom. Is the reason for the muddled thinking and the direction the directionless uh situation at the club the result of constant changing of persons responsible for the direction of operations at the club? Um, I don't think so. I think it's more because of just poor decision making from up high. Um Poor decisions in appointments. Poor decisions with recruitment. Poor decisions with the people making those recruitment decisions. I, massive redundancies. The impacts of the pandemic. All of these things have, have just condensed into a, a massive mess, basically that have caused Arsenal to become, the really difficult club to to make sense of that they are. So. That, that's probably the reason behind that um, more so than you know chopping and changing of, of people behind the scenes because lots of clubs change things behind the scenes um, but Arsenal granted have done it a lot more than others we've had Sven out, we've had Raul Sanjehi we've had Ivan Gazidis we've had uh, Hus Farmy. We've now got the likes of Tim Lewis involved, Richard Garlick, Edu, Mikel Arteta becoming manager, taking over from Unai Emery, who took over from Arsene Wenger, who was heavily involved with everything. That's one of the big problems is Arsene Wenger had his fingers in so many pies around the club that when he left, we had to replace him with like a whole team of people. And then we made loads of people redundant. And it has been a big turnover. You've got the coaching staff that have changed. You've got things in the medical setup that have changed. There's been a lot of change. So maybe you do have a point. There has been a lot of change, but I do think that the most—I think that it's important to remember that that constant vision about where Arsenal would like to go has been what's been so muddled, uh, more so in that what kind of football we want to play. We haven't really wanted to stick to the Arsenal ideals of, of slick passing because, let's be real, we haven't done that since Arsene Wenger left. Really, there were some fits and spurts during Emery's era. There's been a couple of examples in Arteta's tenure. It's very difficult to put your finger on what the problem is, but i definitely put it down to kind of the, you know, the, the decisions to employ certain people. I think you can chop and change successfully. Chelsea do it all the time, but we've done it really, really poorly. Uh, Vinyl London says, under Venga or in Ajax, investing in youth meant that we got the best youth. Why is Edu getting average youth like that left back to Varej? Um, I wouldn't describe average youth as Laconga. Would you describe Le Congre as average youth? Because I wouldn't. I don't think we've seen enough of Tavares, to be honest. I have my concerns about him defensively, but I don't think we can judge him just yet. Um, Gabriel being bought in at 22, good player, really good player. We've obviously signed up young players to new contracts. The youth side sort of things has been fine. I've been absolutely fine with the way in which we've invested in youth, in the players that we've brought in. I don't criticise that too much, if at all. It's been more about the fact that we haven't really identified the fact that our experienced players have been letting us down a lot and we haven't balanced the squad as of yet. So that's that's kind of the issue. Um, we've We've had to make some... We've had to admit our wrongdoings with the likes of Willian and Socrates, and the fact that we were going to offer Mustafi a new contract, things like that. The Granite Xhaka situation has been a bit of a mess as well this summer. There's there's lots of things that have not gone well um, and that you can really point the finger to certain individuals. Um, And until there's some consistency, maybe we will continue to chop and change and to continue to fluctuate or continue to, to decline. We'll have to wait and see. Uh, Alan says, Tom, Edu has done okay as per me. Parte Gabriel, White, uh, Odegaard, Sambi, Lekonga. The odd one was Willian and Runison, of course. And in the market, it's so hard to tell and buy uh, and, and to sell and buy too. What do you think of Edu? Do you think he has done okay? Okay is the word. Like, I think he's done okay. But the problem is, is we don't need okay. We need great. We need someone that is transformative. We need someone that is world class. We need someone that's going to drag this team back to the top of football. So I, I just don't think that it's a situation whereby Edu has done a good or great job now. I was kind of under the illusion that I thought he was doing more than okay, but the fact that we've not addressed centre midfield or right back in this window is a real bugbear for me. It's it's something I can't really get over. The fact that we've not improved those two positions. I know it's been hard to move players on, and we're likely to see that happen in these last kind of few days and weeks of the window. It's less than a week now of the window. I I still think that we should have invested in centre midfield and you know even even if we're keeping xhaka still invest in center midfield and we don't look like we're going to do that unfortunately um vuk says the project is something we are stuck with now with owners we have this was the only way that was possible if arteta is replaced it must be a manager that continues the project i mean technically while you've got the owners here that's the cronkey project if you can even describe it as such but whoever comes into that ownership is going to be under the same restrictions, same situation as all previous managers. So they will be inadvertently continuing the project. It's it's just who you want to lead it that's that that's going to be the problem ultimately. Okay, let's go to Aditya, who says, "Tom, do you think three five two would be a great fit for Arsenal with Bamiang and Pepe up top and Erdegar behind them?" Um, I was talking to Clive yesterday about playing three-five-two and why we don't go with two up top. Why don't we choose to go with Abamang and Lacazette playing as a pair? Seeing like the system that Antonio Conte used uh, at uh, <laughs> at Inter Milan. I, don't know why I lost that completely for a second. But in a three-five-two situation, you have got your three defenders, you got your five midfielders, which allows you to continue playing with a number ten, should you want to because you just put them behind the two forwards. You've got your two pivots, or rather your single pivot of two players, and you've got your wing-backs. So I think there's a system that could work, and I think we've got the players to do it. But we don't seem to want to change. I like 3-4-2-1, as well, as Daniel says there, with the two number 10s behind him. I think that works too. Odegaard and smith Rose supporting either Aubameyang or Lacazette. All of that could work. But it's just this seemingly reluctance to experiment, this reluctance to... Admit that the four at the back's not working right now and that we need to switch. That's that's for me is is what one of the biggest problems is. Jashar says, Tom, do you still rate this window as a six or seven out of ten? Um, <laughs> um I look, I don't think I can rate it any lower than a six because we've we've spent more than we have in any other window, and we've spent it on players that we've needed to spend. I can't rate it any higher than a seven because we've not added the two key positions that I wanted us to add to this summer. And we've not moved out enough players. So no, I, I don't think I can sit here and say that it's, it's any more or less than a six or seven out of 10. I don't think it's any less than a six. To argue that it's a five or lower, I think is is very, very harsh, considering what we've spent. But I think in the context of of how what we've spent the money and what we've needed to do and that and Adam Adam I welcome you on the, to the show mate to, to come and express that view because I'm still waiting for someone to give me a genuine explanation as to why it's less why it's five or less I really I'm struggling uh, we tried to do it the other day um, to get people on to the show to explain why they think it's a four or lower and not and and whilst he had a real good stab at it I I I still didn't get the answers I was looking for to say yeah you know what you're right and you know I, I'm very open to changing my mind and my opinions on things I'm just waiting for someone to come and tell me so until they do I, I've got no reason to change my mind on that one uh, I saw a question about West Brom Ah, Stephen says Tom are you confident for tonight's game or not uh, I'm not uh, I, I, I'm you know I'm always the optimist but I have honestly I'm apprehensive about every single game Arsenal play at the moment so I'm not really confident is the wrong word, but we'll see. Um, I hope that we play some, you know, I hope Miguel Aziz gets some minutes. I hope Balogun gets a start. I hope we see some still first-team players in there because we want to push towards a win. I think it needs to be a balanced squad of players that are going to play against City and those that are, you know, not getting enough minutes or need to use this game as a development period. So we'll we'll see what happens. Uh, Michael says, our for me is very unlikely, but if we did sign him, how would we fit him in? I think you'd have to change system because he doesn't work in a four, two, three, one, because he's not a 10 and he's not a six. And whilst I think he's an eight and an know and eight can play in a four, two, three, one as one of the two pivots. I think against certain teams that leaves you so exposed. And if you are going to play them in that kind of system, why not just play a four-three-three with the single pivot and uh, and the two number eights? Makes little sense. Oh, ever the professional. Muting myself when I need to sneeze. So there you go. Uh Peppa Pig says Edu relies on contacts through other agents, which is not suitable for us. Uh also can the Premier League look into the fact that Kia had influence in science's players as he is Edu's agent? Not really. Unless there's any like dodgy stuff going on by payments and certain secretive things. I I genuinely don't think there's anything they can do. There's nothing. What what could they do? What what could they do? I don't know is the answer. I don't know what they could change. I don't know what they would... What, they're going to ask who to sack Edu. Are they going to find the club? It's a strange one. I don't know what they can do. I really don't. Thank you, guys. I appreciate the blessings in the chat box. <laughs> uh, Alan says, if Arteta gets sacked, who would you think will lead us realistically? Conte needs investment. I think Brendan Rodgers will suit Arsenal. Why would he leave Leicester? Why would Brendan Rodgers leave Leicester? It would make absolutely no sense for him to do that. Look, Clive said Ten Hag. I said Jesse Marsh, but he's only just joined RB Leipzig, so he's never going to leave. I would have gone for Nagelsmann, but he's now gone to Bayern Munich. Look, I just – I don't see a coach out there that's going to be willing to come to the club that's genuinely going to push us forward. I just feel like at the moment, it's, it's really hard discussion because people throw in names – and I don't know if that's the right choice. When you commit to a coach, you're committing to another at least 18 to two years minimum. If we make another wrong choice after Saka Arteta, which I'm not saying is what we shouldn't do. And, and no, Rahul, like absolutely not. <laughs> no chance. <laughs> like Joachim Lowe, you speak to Drew, who genuinely knows German football at like the back of his hand, and he'll give you a 50-point you know, presentation of why Joachim Lowe is not the right choice um when you make this decision you are committing to another serious period of time and it's really difficult really difficult to to find someone who's the right choice now with who is available and who is out there and Arsenal don't seem to have the clout to be able to attract those managers so so that's kind of the problem that we face right now um Paul Gaia says, we need a strong side out tonight. We need to see a full 90 minutes of competent football. We haven't seen it all pre-season, and this is a concern. Look, I put a piece up, in fact. Uh, In fact, I'll show it to you. Uh, Me and Bailey over at Football London did a joint piece uh, in which we argued the differing points of who should play uh, against West Brom. I'll put it in the chat box for you. Here it is. There you go. Um, And in that piece, uh, I argue that we should go for more of a youthful kind of team and give some players some opportunities. Like, If we don't play Miguel Aziz tonight, when is he going to play? When on earth are you going to give Miguel Aziz other opportunities to play? I don't know when you're ultimately going to see other opportunities to play. It makes absolutely no sense to not play Aziz in this game. He deserves a chance. He deserves a shot. And I think that tonight is a great opportunity for that. I still think we need some key players. I want to see Tavares start. Tierney obviously came off and is back in training and hopefully should be available for City. But I think there's no point risking Tierney in this game when we've got Tavares there. I think a right back, we're probably going to go with uh, Maitland-Niles. or I mean, it could be Bellerin, to be fair. We've got lots of... A right back is almost impossible to predict. Centre backs, Holding and Marie, I think, will start because Gabriel and Ben White are gradually coming back and maybe even Gabriel could be available for City. I'd be surprised, but you never know. They're monitoring White After the international break, our centre-back pairing is going to be White and Gabriel and I can't wait for that. I'm, I'm absolutely buzzing to see White and Gabriel play together. That's 80 million quid's worth of centre-back playing together. So I'm looking forward to seeing those two play. Um, in midfield, I imagine El Neni is probably going to play. I think Granit Xhaka will still play. And then Martin Odegaard might get some crucial minutes. And then Balogun. And then in the wide area, are we going to play Martin Alino wide area? He's played a lot this season already. Pepe, will he still play? Saka... We've got options. Reese Nelson, is he going to play? It's, it's really difficult to predict the lineup this evening. So, good luck to those of you that are doing the predictor game on uh, the Arsenal review. And that's now a, an un- unashamably unselfish plug because they don't sponsor us anymore. Um, so, <laughs> if you are going to do the prediction game, we'll see. Uh, but it's going to be blooming hard to do so. John says, I really don't know why upgrading right back is contingent on Bellerin's sale. Surely we could move on other players. We desperately need. Who, though, John? Who are we going to move on? I don't know. Because Mate niles isn't going anywhere at the moment. Cedric's not going anywhere at the moment. Chambers isn't going anywhere at the moment. So who do you move on? You can't bring another right back in. Then we'd have five. And I don't see who else is going to leave. And that's that's kind of the problem right now. Uh let's gonna let's go to Yellow Flash, who says out, William, collar Laka, Bellerin, Nelson, and ketty Ainsley, oh any ins, Mariba, Kamavinga, Kavaluin, Bruno. I mean, you're living in a dreamland, uh, Yellow Flash. You're living in an absolute dreamland. So, uh, yeah, sorry, mate. But uh, I don't know how successful you're going to find your summer if that's the expectation. Uh, Tom, what do I think about Eddie Howe from Game Boy um, or Graham Potter? Graham Potter needs to do a bit more to show me what he can do. Uh, Eddie Howe, I don't think, is the right choice. I think he's a bottom half, which you could argue Arsenal are now. Uh, Premier League manager, upper championship manager. I want someone with clout. I want someone with credit. I want someone with experience, someone who's managed at the top of the game. I want them to come in. That's who I want. We'll wait and see if that turns out to be the case. Let's wrap things up there. Tomorrow's show... Don't forget, is at 7.30, not at 8 p.m. 8 p.m.? 8 a.m. So half an hour earlier than usual because I'm starting my shift at 8. So make sure you tune in then. Uh, Please, please, please vote for us in the Football Content Awards. And uh, I'll see you a little bit later on for the members podcast at 5 p.m. UK time. And I may do a watch-along for the West Brom game. I'm Just fancy one, you know. I'm not going to be able to cover many of the Arsenal games this season because I'm working, but I'm not working this one. So I might do a watch-along. So we'll see. Anyway, have an absolutely great day, people. See you later. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates are And you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go. And you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dip in. And you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your delivery. You in?